The All In Podcast Show, episode number 12, with your host, Daniel Giordano. The All In Podcast Show is home to the top entrepreneurs, innovators, and world changers sharing their breakthrough moments and how they are changing the world. We will bring mentors into your world who can help you find balance and build a bold life of excellence. With your host, Daniel Giordano. Get off the sidelines. Get all in. And join us at www.allinpodcast.com. Okay. I want to welcome everybody to the All In Podcast Show today. And today I have the privilege of introducing you to uh, someone who has impacted thousands of lives around the world uh, with a, uh, an amazing message, has, has spoken on stages with the best of the best. Um, and I've had the privilege of knowing him for uh, many years now. And being able to work with him uh, over the years in different capacities and uh, just privileged to uh, be able to have you here today, Omar. Um, so with that said, I want to introduce you to Omar Perriou. And uh, he's got a great message for you, great story. Uh, get prepared to uh, take some great notes and, and go out and apply what he's going to share with you today. But first, I want to share with you his story. So, Omar, as you as you jump in here, um, uh, you know, I always like to start off with just a little bit about you, your history, your background, uh, where you come from, and and uh, then jump right in. Thank you, Dan, and uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm really excited to talk to all of you and share with you some of the things that I believe can help you um, increase your human potential and incomes. Immediately. So first and foremost, as Dan said, a little bit about me. I was born in a foreign country. I was born in Cuba. At the age of seven and a half, my father felt communism would cripple the Cuban economy. So my mother escaped with the children so my, we wouldn't get caught because my father stayed back. And we got to Miami. They had a place called the Freedom Tower. And there was uh, churches were sponsoring Cuban families around the country. It was called the Peter Pan Program. And we were sponsored to Joliet, Illinois. And uh, we landed here, worst blizzard they've had in 20 years, and uh, no money, no credit. We don't speak English, and we've never felt cold air. So it was pretty tough. Um, luckily, uh, one of the church members was so kind. Uh, he had 10 children, um, and he uh, donated an apartment for us. When we got there, it was one-bedroom apartment. had uh, single beds in the corners. And uh, my mom got the uh, bedroom, and my dad escapes, meets up with us. But, uh, hey, the bottom line is we had our parents back together, and we had the love of each other, and we're living in the greatest country on earth. So uh, the church was a great, great thing. I still am very grateful to St. Patrick's Church. Make a long story short, I had, I had a tough childhood. Not everyone wanted a Cuban family in the Midwest, uh, and the only Hispanics in uh, the west side of Joy, Illinois. But um, I did. I excelled in sports, so I did well in track and powerlifting and got a full scholarship in music because my mother has this beautiful soprano voice. But listen to this, guys. My parents, my dad, not even speaking English, had accumulated three gas stations, an auto parts, a block worth of real estate, and his own home. So not even speaking English in seven years. But my dad says if he would have had me, he would have lost everything three times. Um, first time was not his fault, but the other two times, he knew how to accumulate materials and buildings and things and businesses, but he didn't know how to keep them, so he lost them. I went to college, Southern Illinois University, doing okay, and my father, I hear, is having a heart attack, so I go back to try to save the properties and everything. He was six months behind us when he had a heart attack, and um, I couldn't save him. Uh, it was way too late. I was only 19 years old, so uh, 
I had to quit school to put food on the table, and I got a job as a laborer in a stone quarry. Not a great place to be for a lyric tenor, choking on stone dust. Uh, this this one's called Balkan Materials. For those of you that know the Midwest, it's uh, 330 feet deep and three and a half miles round. And I worked uh, 30 feet underground, and I kept those pulleys clean and greased. I hated that job. I know all of you felt like me that you've had a job you hated so much, you promised yourself you'd never do it as long as you lived. So I raised up enough money to go out to California and be discovered. On my way out there, I had this U-Haul. I lost my U-Haul. So when I got to L.A., uh, they took my deposit. That's the money I was going to use to live on. So I looked right to my, over my shoulder, and there's an apartment, $51 a week, studios. So I walked in. I gave my last $51. Had to get a job immediately. So um, as I said, I was pretty good at powerlifting. So I got a job training uh, celebrities like Tom Selleck, Gregory Harrison, Abdul Jabbar. But I saw salespeople making a lot of money, so I go into sales and I failed miserably. And um, I was doing really bad, and I was praying. I pray a lot. I believe in the power of prayer. And I was praying to God to help me because, you know, Dean, I was thinking, what happened to that kid that had so much promise, came from Cuba with nothing but the clothes he's wearing, was getting decent grades, not great. Um, in fact, that was the reason there was an upper class, right? <laughs> when I got a C, my mom pulled out the sherry, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, you know, it was pretty tough. Um, and I got a job training all these people, but I wasn't making any money. And I failed miserably in sales. I got lucky. The man that was the investor in the clubs managed speakers. He was, uh, owned a company called Champions Unlimited and he managed Tom Hopkins. He managed Jim Rohn, Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Uh, etc. And um, he came in, he just got divorced, wanted to get in shape, and he heard I was the best. So he said to me, uh, hey, what do you do here, kid? I said, I'm in sales. He says, how you doing? I said, I'm not doing so hot. He says, have you ever heard of Tom Hopkins? I said, no. Zig Ziglar, no. Jim Rohn, no. Bob Proctor, no. He said, kid, you need some help. And uh, he took me under his wing and changed my life, took me from being the worst salesperson, number one in the country, in health and fitness, and then became my investor. And I started buying health clubs, building health clubs, buying and purchasing health clubs. And we built the largest health clubs in the United States. And by the age of 31, I was a multimillionaire, never having to work again. We sold the clubs, and I went out and sang, and I was kind of lost because I love singing, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, once you hit that goal, I don't know, Dan, you know how you hit a goal, and when you hit the goal, it's not exactly what you think it's going to be? Yeah. So... <laughs> I hit this goal and I was kind of empty. You know, I was praying to God again. I pray a lot and I say, you know, could you help me? I need to find myself. And I walked into a diner and he was sitting in there with Tom Hopkins and Jim Rohn. And he said, you know, we want you to come on the road with us. So I went on the road for over a decade with Tom Hopkins and Jim Rohn and then Zig Ziglar. And Zig became my mentor also. And um, now I have 14 best-selling books considered in the top 10 in my industry. And my goal now, Dan, is just to help others the way I was helped because I think it would be a sin not to invest my life into others' lives the way my mentors invested their lives. As you know, I, we've lost Zig. Uh, he wrote the forward to my book. He only wrote a few forwards from management to leadership, so he wrote the forward to that. We've lost Jim Rohn, who wrote quotes and worked with me for 10 years. So uh, I believe that it's my my duty, my mission, my passion to help others the way I was helped. 
So that's kind of in a nutshell my story. I haven't had to work since I was 31. I'm in my 50s now, guys. It's a great feeling to be here and uh, help all of you achieve your dreams and goals. That's awesome. So, so um, you know, obviously because you've worked with so many of the greats in the industry and you're, um, you know, taken under their wing and, and mentored for so long and got to spend an amazing amount of time with them on the road especially, you know, I know this would probably be hard just to pick one. But, you know, who would you say is the person that, uh, you know, influenced you the most? Well, that's a very tough question, but um, uh, Zig Ziglar was one of my uh, later mentors. Uh, I met Zig through Tom Hopkins, and Tom Hopkins and he worked a lot together. Zig would do success, and Tom would do uh, sales, which I was the only authorized speaker in the world for Tom Hopkins. But... uh, Zig Ziglar, to answer your question, uh, uh, not only uh, changed my life spiritually, but changed my life as a man and uh, in success. And he got me on some of the bigger venues, like Get Motivated. So uh, to answer your question, Zig, because he became a personal friend, talked to my kids, my wife, my parents. Um, but you know, I, I got, it's kind of hard that you answer, ask that question because Tom Hopkins was right there too. So, uh, I think if I had to make a choice, it would be Zig, but both Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar were my biggest mentors. Yeah. Great. So, um, so obviously with, uh, you know, I mean, when you listen to the condensed version of the story, um, you know, I'm sure there were challenges and at different points in your life. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, as you built different businesses, your speaking career and everything else that you've done and, and have been able to co- accomplish, you know, are, what were some of the biggest challenges that you um, may have? The biggest challenges, Dan, were with myself. Um, the, I believe that every entrepreneur goes through this and we have highs and lows. And my biggest challenge was keeping my motivation, my attitude, my persistence, tenacity in the beginning. Once I got that, I became unstoppable. But my biggest challenge is with myself, that conversation with the person in the mirror. I would, in the beginning, doubt myself because, you know, a lot of times we believe that we're not good enough, meaning we're not good enough to be a speaker we're not good enough to be a business person. We're not good enough to start our own business. Uh, we've got a lot of people that tell us that we're not good enough. I mean, I was told my whole life I was a nice kid, but I'll never amount to anything. So if you hear that enough, you start thinking, you know, maybe I, they were right. Because in any endeavor that we take on with ourselves, there are going to be highs and lows. And those lows can challenge your uh, persistence, tenacity, and your attitude. So to answer your question, I think that uh, I had a lot of support and a lot of mentors with Mr. Tom Murphy and and Hopkins and Zig and Roan, and I was able to call them personally and stay with them at their places up for weekends and have them, you know, kind of recharge my batteries, if you will. You don't have to flip that negative switch back to positive. So the biggest obstacles I had were with myself. So, I mean, that's, uh, and that's really cool to hear because, you know, you hear so many times, um, you know, people think that, uh, you know, people that are successful in any area of life, they look at them as if they don't have challenges. 
Um, and, you know, at, at every level, I believe, you know, there's a new set of new set of challenges and sometimes they're bigger challenges, but um, and sometimes they're just the challenges between our ears uh, that we create. So it's it's cool to hear that, you know, somebody like yourself who from the outside, um, you know, uh, people may look at um, as, you know, this guy's got it all together, even though you do in many areas in your life, you still have you still went through um, these same type of things that many people have challenges with that they, you know, get stuck at. It's true. And Dan, the lo- the stronger we get, meaning the more we get involved in the training, because I would not be here without my mentors. And because I, I asked them, why me? Why? I was with uh, Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy and Harvey McKay uh, just a few months ago. And I think you came to the event that I spoke at. And I was asking them, why, why me? Why did I end up being with, sponsored by all you guys and mentored by all you guys and, and helped by all you guys to write 14 best-selling books and DVDs and be on your platforms? And they said, you were the most coachable person we ever met, which is huge. You know, Brian Tracy's trained 5 million people. Tom Hopkins, 4 million. Who knows what Zig trained? Uh, so... To say to have people say to me that I was the most coachable means, you know, one of the things I find, and I think you know, you know me pretty well, is I think you got to stay humble to continue to keep learning and to keep growing. Because a lot of people, once they get to a certain point, they become, you know, their humbleness goes away. And I think if you're coachable and humble, and you remember the things, you remember your 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 challenges and and how you got there. If you remember those things. Anything you do in life, you can aim and fire and succeed. I think that's important. Right. That's all. That's good stuff. So, so as we, um, uh, you know, obviously as you, as you've had these, uh, things that you've broken through and, and, uh, you know, uh, working, uh, through these challenges over the years of, of, uh, getting to the point where you're at today. I mean, obviously there were probably some points, uh, you know, that there may have been some low points. What do you believe is the lowest point that you've ever hit in your life? Uh, the lowest point that ever hit in my life was um, when I was sitting in that 200-square-foot apartment, and I had broken records for powerlifting. I had made the Olympic trials for the 100-yard dash. That's what they had then. Um, in fact, it's a big joke. I was just kidding. I was back in Chicago with my friends, and I still hold a record in my high school for the 100-yard dash. You know why, Dan? Because they changed it to 100 meter the next year, so you can't <laughs> break it. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but uh, my lowest point was sitting in that studio apartment and wondering what happened to me. You know, I I had so much promise, and... You know, I, I my goal was to take over my dad's businesses, and I had so much promise, and I was so depressed and disappointed, disillusioned, and I can tell you, I, I, I thought about taking my life, and I had tears in my eyes every day, and I, I mean, I didn't even have a window in this studio. I mean, I, I had like a, one of those crank windows in a bathroom, if you want to call it a bathroom, I could hardly fit in there, and... And, and, I, and I would open it just to get air. And, um, you know, I, I was so, so beat up. And so, you know, my car was, I would have to park my car two blocks away because I owed money on it. I took a loan against it and it was breaking down. So I parked it two blocks away so they wouldn't, the collectors wouldn't take it. I borrowed $67,000 to go to school, which I never finished. 
So that's pretty depressing. I, I, I'm eating tuna out of cans because it's the only thing I could afford on my paycheck, which is pretty weak. And um, living in this place that I never thought I would live like this. Um, so it's kind of it was a lonely time for me, a very, very low uh, place for me. And thank God I prayed harder than I ever prayed that night and that morning. And Mr. Murphy came into my life and changed my life forever. So that was the biggest turning point for you is having someone that, that, you know, took you under his wing and, and kind of showed you the ropes. Absolutely. I mean, he came in and didn't look at me and say, you know, what do you, you know, you're broke. You're, 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 you know, you're, you look tired, all these different things. He said, Hey, you know what? Uh, you got greatness within you. Uh, let's see if we can bring it out. He said, it's a little deep in you, but you do have greatness within you. So, and, and, you know, here's a, an interesting thing is, uh, you know, was it easy? No, it was not easy. And I questioned myself a lot. It was not easy. And because of Tom Murphy, my mentor, um, he's the one that kind of kept getting me earlier. You said, who is your greatest, you know, one of these uh, great giants like Zig and Tom, but my uh, Tom Hopkins, but my mentor who started it all was Tom Murphy. And Murph is the guy I still talk to. He's 80 years old. And I talk to him every two weeks. And we still work on, you know, how do we motivate now that the, I, I help him with his businesses? And you got to have somebody there, a mentor, someone, a coach that will support you. And you got to check the mentor out because see the good news about Mr. Murphy is he was already successful. And he said to me, son, you know, the good news you're going to lo love about being with me is that I'm already successful. So I can help you start the journey successfully. I can help you go through the journey successfully and I can help you complete the journey in a successful manner, which I think that looking at a mentor, you got to look at someone that's got the whole picture and you know, you and I are very spiritual. So it's got to be spiritual. Then it's got to be healthy. Then it's got to be happiness in all areas of your life, family, right? And then money comes and money comes fast when you have the first three. And that's what I learned from Mr. Murphy. Just give, give me that having that helping hand, that cheerleader that puts you under the wing. Right. So um, as you've uh, obviously had success in the, in the different industries that you've been involved in, the different types of businesses, um, is there a, um, you know, how would you define how you're impacting the world and, and what you're doing to, uh, to uh, you know, leave a legacy? Well, my, my impact, I believe, is in helping others achieve their greatest potential. And I do that by speaking around the world with the biggest seminars in the world. I do that with my workshops. I do that with my mentoring and coaching programs. I do that with the CDs, the books, the DVDs. And I do that with webinars and uh, doing things like we're doing right now. So for me, it's helping others achieve their greatest potential, whether you want to be a multimillionaire like myself or you want to be, you know, I tell my children, Dan, the key in life is to find something you love. Now, if you want to live like daddy taught you, then you're going to have to find something you love that makes you a lot of money. So, it, you know, 
Money won't buy you happiness, but as Zig Ziglar said, money will let you find out what will you make you happy, right? So he was really funny. But he said, you know, money, is it's, it's the vehicle that you choose. You know, there's teachers that are huge successes, but will they ever become multimillionaires? No. Um, there's, you know, there's uh, ministers, there's, uh, you know, whatever, all these great people, they're, they're, they're wealthy in a different way. So it counts on what you want. I find if you find your passion and you love what you do, that's true happiness. Now, if you want to live an extreme life like I do, you have to find something that will make you also give you the income that will support that, right? All right. So, so basically that ties in with what I was going to ask you about how you would define success. Well, success to me was taught to me by um, Mr. Murphy, and he used to play golf with um, Earl Nightingale, which is the gentleman that wrote The Strangest Secret. And every Thursday they played golf. And he told me this definition, and I love it. He said, success is a continuous journey towards a progression of realized goals. So success is a continuous journey. I mean, you got to look for things that continue to work. Uh, it's something that you've predetermined, premeditated, right? So you've chosen that goal. And it's got to be worthwhile. So it's something that wakes you up in the morning, that keeps you going through the day. And then when you're feeling that weaknesses of I'm done, it will keep you going through the rest of the day. It's something that, that you would do, right? No matter what. So success is the continuous journey towards a predetermined worthwhile goal. So um, as uh, you know, as we start to wrap up things here, is there, you know, if, if you're just meeting someone new for the first time and, uh, you know, and obviously speaking to the audience here um, and they may be at a point in their life where they're trying to figure things out, you know, what is one thing, you know, obviously the theme here is, is, you know, getting all in and everything you do um, in, in life, uh, whether it be your family, you know, uh, spiritually and so on. So what is one thing that you would tell somebody that, you know, what would, what would be the first step that you would say? Them Dan, the first thing I would say is attitude. Our attitude is not determined by our circumstances, but by how we respond to our circumstances. Our minds determine our attitudes, and we can respond positively or negatively. It's how we react to the events, not the events themselves, that determines our attitudes. So attitude is the first key to change, because once you change your attitude, you're aware of the choices you're making. Great. So. Um that that's obviously very true and awesome. Uh, so if you if you look at um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know we covered it in a, in a couple different ways, but I always like to ask this question. You know, um, if we look at you know how you're impacting the world, you know, you're you would obviously define yourself as living your purpose and your calling. Um, and uh, you know, how do you? I just want to hear it in your own words. You know, how you define purpose or calling? Well, I I believe that you know. You got to have the Lord in your life, number one, because He works miracles when you can't. Uh, you got to trust and let go and let God, number one. Number two, you got to listen to Him and follow the path and and do the things that He's speaking to you, like you know, being persistent towards your goals, being having tenacity, knowing that it's not easy to be successful. And knowing to, and also I think it's important, Dan, to know what to go for, what vehicle, because if you're working hard but not working smart, 
you could be the greatest uh, workhorse in the world, but if you're going after the wrong vehicle, you're going to burn out and lose everything you have. So I believe that got to have that purpose, got to have that passion, got to turn those dreams into a mission, a life mission, and then you got to create the steps to get there. And then you got to follow those steps and you got to monitor yourself on a daily basis and check yourself, right, every day to see if you're moving towards what you want. And once you do that, then you'll have your passion, your purpose, and then results. Results is the name of the game. I have a little saying, any entrepreneur that's been doing, that you've been working at something for more than 90 days, if you haven't made a paycheck, something's wrong with your plan. So I don't know if that answers your question. Right. Okay. Awesome. Uh, you know, so as you, um, uh, you know, obviously you've been around, uh, and I'm sure you have many quotes, um, but is there a favorite quote that you have? Yeah. And I, I mean, there's a few, but one is my own and it's successes in the moment make every moment count. I think that success is defined in the moments that you, the, when you go to a fork in the road and you go to the moment, which is the moment of truth, Right. Success is the moment. Make every moment count. If you make more better choices towards your mission, towards your goal, then you're going to get there faster than you would if you didn't. So my quote, success is in the moment. Make every moment count. And that's not egotistical, guys. It's because I believe that I'm here and I am never having to work again the rest of my life. And I'm a multimillionaire and I have zero debt. And there's a reason for that. And that's because I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I'll tell you what, when I set myself on a goal, I decide, and that's a great word, decide to murder your options. That's in the Webster's Dictionary. I decide to make more better choices to move me towards what I want than away from what I want. Hmm. Awesome. That's great. Um, so. As we uh, wrap up here, uh, how, how would our guests find out more about you? Well, I believe that you wanted everyone to go to our website, correct? Right. So just go to omarperiu.com, O-M-A-R-P-E-R-I-U.com. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like them to go to? Uh, sure. Yeah, they can go there. And obviously on the site, you'll uh, also have a link directly to a free gift as well. So, um, so uh, I want to thank you for taking the time today. Uh, to do this and share your message with the world and impact impact people. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Well, thank you, Dan. And for everyone out there, uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, I wish you greatness. And thank you. God bless. For more information on the links and resources recommended in this show, please visit allinpodcast.com.